Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. So one thing I ask quite often is if there is a particular topic of interest that people want to hear a podcast on. And uh, this one goes out to Marshawn Lakes, one of our members, who had asked me to do a podcast on what Masons do as far as helping out in the community and other things. So these next few articles are going to be from the California Freemason magazine, with the first couple of them coming from the May-June 2020 episode which talks about how Masons offer relief in the midst of crisis. So we start with a letter from the editors. The email went out at 4 p.m. It was the tail end of a long, stressful, hectic day. In the space of 72 hours, early in the COVID-19 outbreak, during which every member of the Grand Lodge staff was sheltering in place, an idea was born for a new fund dedicated to those put out of work or otherwise affected by the pandemic. The idea was debated, fleshed out, circulated, and debated some more. An outreach plan was hatched, websites launched, emails drafted. Minutia was considered, rules outlined, messaging crafted. Teams from the California Masonic Foundation, Masonic Outreach Services, Masonic Homes of California, and the Grand Lodge crowded into video conference calls. Finally, at 4 p.m., the first email announcing the Distressed Worthy Brother Relief Fund went out to Masons in California. Within hours, the appeal had raised more than $20,000, mostly in small donations, and it kept growing. At Masonic Outreach Services, the phone started ringing with calls from members seeking aid. Masons have an obligation to provide leave for fellow members and their families. That day, they showed what it looks like, not just in terms of money, which was routed to those who'd lost income or couldn't pay their bills as a result of the virus, but also in the stories that began trickling in of Lodge's individual efforts. Under singularly trying circumstances, lodges were finding creative ways to help, accounting for one another, reaching out to widows, making grocery and pharmacy runs for the homebound, calling and shooting the breeze with seniors, setting up an elderly friend with Zoom, pooling and routing donations to frontline workers. None of us planned for this, especially not the staff of this magazine. We were halfway through our regularly scheduled issue when the pandemic ballooned. But, as examples of lodges taking initiative rolled in, it became clear to us that we needed to change course and recognize these members, who were truly living up to the highest ideals of Freemasonry. It's our hope that by spotlighting them, their stories can serve as inspiration for the entire fraternity, and remind us of all the ways Masons can, and do, make a difference in their community. It was in some ways a familiar scene, and one our magazine was prepared to recount. We had already planned for a story of this issue on the aftermath of the 2018 megafires that rocked the state, particularly the campfire in Paradise, where many members of the Table Mountain Lodge No. 124 had everything they owned incinerated in a matter of hours. Then, as now, Masons didn't ask what to do. They raised money, they phone banked, they offered trailers, bedrooms, dinner, they took action. Perhaps above all else, it's that instinct to help that makes a Mason. That was true in 2018, it was true in 1850, and it's true today. 
In times like these, as the world keeps dishing up its worst, it's a heartening reminder of what Masons do best. So this next article is from the same issue, May-June 2020, of the California Freemason Magazine, and this one is called The Borderland Lodge, How a Group in Down-and-Out El Centro Made Itself an Indispensable Part of the Community in Two Countries. The community of El Centro exists on the border, the border between Mexico and the United States, yes, but also the border between employed and unemployed, between poverty and, if not wealth, then at least survival. It's always been this way for as long as I've been here, says Ira Heron Jr., current marshal for Imperial Valley Lodge number 390. Kelly Singh, the past master of the lodge and now senior warden, considers that scrappiness a strength. Most of us work as teachers, as social workers, or for the government, Rana Singh says. We're really a reflection of the community. That makes the members of Imperial Valley Number 390 particularly well disposed to help. For the city of El Centro, though, it's tough to pinpoint where exactly the greatest need is. The city boasts the dubious distinction of having one of the highest unemployment rates in the nation, at 18% prior to the coronavirus outbreak. Nationally, unemployment stood at 4%. Consequently, it's one of the state's poorest cities, with 28% of children living in poverty. It's also one of the unhealthiest, with among the highest rates of air pollution in California and, nationwide, some of the worst access to primary care. It's against this backdrop that the members of the Lodge gamely stepped forward to help fill the gaps and, in doing so, distinguished themselves as one of the most civically engaged Lodges. We don't get a lot of outside help here, Rana Singh says, so we have to help each other. That was put on display this spring when the Lodge authorized an emergency $5,000 donation to the county's Area Agency on Aging to supplement relief services for the elderly in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis. Even in more normal circumstances, the Lodge is known for its charity, including an annual $10,000 scholarship program for graduating seniors, one of the largest scholarship opportunities in the county. The Lodge also supports the local elementary school's Dual Language Immersion Program and organizes volunteering efforts at a local domestic violence care center, among other initiatives. One good turn deserves another, and when the Lodge itself needs a hand, members look to their neighbors for help. In the past, that included five nearby lodges. Over the years, however, all have consolidated into Imperial Valley Number 390. Today, the closest Masonic Lodge is across the border in Mexicali. The guys at Palangensia Lodge number 46 are amazing, Rana Singh says. Whenever we need them, they come over to support us in degrees and sit in as sideliners. And being good neighbors themselves, members of Imperial Valley repay the favor whenever possible. While at times the challenges facing a town like El Centro can feel insurmountable, they provide the lodge with a motivating purpose, one that has brought its members closer together. And, of course, there are other perks to consider, as Heron says, The guys at Palangensia make some darn good barbecue. Alright, this next article, also from the same issue, is called Spreading Relief. 19 Inspiring Ways Mason Stepped Up During COVID-19. The guidance from government and health officials was clear. Do nothing. That's a hard message to swallow for California Masons, a group not known for sitting on their hands. The resulting tension between staying safe and getting involved can be seen in the creative ways members found to remain connected and provide for their communities. Here, a celebration of 19 of our favorite examples of Masons rallying into action while keeping mostly still. 
For expanded versions of these stories, visit CaliforniaFreemason.org. Number one, a song for our times. Inspired by the Italian balcony singers, residents at Acacia Creek sent out their own uplifting message. As soprano Tracy Cox performed a moving rendition of America the Beautiful, the Acacia Creek community joined as one, waving American flags from their balconies as a symbol of unity. The video has garnered more than 23,000 views as of May 1st. Watch it at acaciacreek.org slash message of hope. Number two, we're all in this together. It was a decision, sure, but then again it wasn't, explains Levon Kishishian, Secretary of Wisdom Lodge Number 202 in Pasadena. When members of the Lodge's charity committee spoke in March, there was a lot to discuss, but one thing that didn't require much debate was their determination to make a Lodge gift to the Distressed Worthy Brother Relief Fund, making Wisdom one of the first Lodges statewide to contribute to the fund and helping kickstart Lodge-level donations throughout their district. Thanks to gifts from a record number of individual Masons and Lodges, the effort quickly became the most successful online fundraising drive in fraternity history. It always starts with one person, and then goes beyond that, Kashishian says, of getting the ball rolling. Number three, isolated, but not alone. For the residents of the Masonic Homes of California, the need for self-isolation was acute, but equally important was the need to combat the loneliness of social distancing. So staff at the homes turned to technology, providing tablets and IT help to get residents set up for video conference calls with friends, family, and therapists from the Masonic Center for Youth and Families and provide a lifeline to the outside world. Residents are video visiting their loved ones and connecting with family and old friends, says MHC President Gary Harland. It's crucial we recognize the importance of social interaction in these uncertain times. Number four, meeting on the level, virtually. While many lodges are now old hands at newfangled video conferencing programs, Sacramento number 40 was quite likely first on the scene. Beginning the very night that Grand Master Troner's order to suspend stated meetings went out, the Lodge held its first Zoom meetup, a now weekly event that brings together members as young as their 20s and as old as 96-year-old Golden Veteran member Edgar Jang. Now more than ever, Lodge Master Gabriel Mariscal says, we need to be sure to strengthen the ties between us. Number five, rewriting history. The Old Minutes books of Texas Lodge No. 46 record a century and a half of crises in San Juan Bautista, from economic depression to two world wars, troubling times during which Masons stepped up to take charge of community service efforts. Future Masons may look back on the Lodge's activities during the COVID-19 crisis and see similar civic-mindedness, although one with a distinctly 21st century twist. Today, the Lodge is making its mark with an innovative crowdsourced supply delivery program and a mobile app launched by its members. Traditionally, the Lodge was the hub of community response, says past master Ray Hill, so it just seemed proper to make it so again. This spring, Hill, along with several Lodge members and a few non-Masons, launched an online forum for requesting and delivering supplies, a sort of Craigslist for essentials. Things like groceries and household items are routed through the Texas Number 46 Lodge Hall, where members package and then deliver them to the needy. Members of the Lodge even developed a mobile app for the program. The hope is that this resource can become as much a communication tool as a means for quarantined people to get the supplies they need, says Lodge Secretary Lauren McKechnie. 
The program has already received plaudits from the city council and local news organizations and reestablished Texas Lodge as an indispensable part of its community. Number six, helping the helpers. When Anthony Milanis, master of Imperial Valley 390, and the rest of the Lodge's charity committee considered how to respond to the pandemic, their thoughts went immediately to the elderly. Meeting online, the committee agreed to make a $5,000 donation to the Imperial County Area Agency on Aging, which administers Meals on Wheels. The gift helped pay for care packages of water, toilet paper, and other essentials to be delivered to senior citizens by the agency. What we all have in common is wanting to be of service, Milanis says. Number seven, spreading the word. In the absence of regular lodge duties, the officers of Akalani's Fellowship Number 480 spent March updating their membership roster, which volunteers used to check in on older members and widows and update them and their families on many Masonic services available to them. The families are always astonished to learn just how much the fraternity is here to help, Lodge Master Adam Hainan says. Number eight, filling the void. Wondering what your lodge can do to make a difference during a crisis? Look to your hall, says Lindsay Shortland, master of Yorvaland in number 469. Shortland and the rest of the lodge did just that, putting their space to good use. In mid-March, the lodge was approached by the regional chapter of the American Red Cross about using the hall to hold blood drives. The lodge opened up the space free of charge. The idea spread, too. After posting about the drive on Facebook, nearby lodges followed suit. Now half a dozen halls in Orange and San Diego counties are following their lead. The decisive action Masons have taken in opening their doors has helped stabilize the supply of blood for the American Red Cross, says the Red Cross's Robert Baller, and that will save lives. Number 9. Sharing His Experience As a respiratory therapist at Alameda Hospital, Nick Hayworth, past master of Island City Number 215, has had a view of the pandemic that most people are lucky not to see. Hayworth has shared his up-close perspective on the damage the virus wreaks with his fellow Masons, giving them a new appreciation for the scope of the pandemic. So far, Hayworth has been invited to share his experiences on video calls with Oakland Durant Rockledge, number 128. His message, take this thing seriously, he says. Number 10, a tradition is reborn online. With heart emojis blossoming around him, Grandmaster John Troner broke new ground when he raised a ceremonial toast live over Facebook to honor medical workers and others on the front lines. The toast, the first of a weekly series featuring various members of the Grand Lodge, brought together more than 500 viewers from as far afield as Australia and Brazil who tuned in to hear Troner's 15-minute address, a digital update on the Masonic 9 o'clock toast, a centuries-old tradition meant to honor absent brethren. Number 11, crafting their response. With N95 and surgical masks in short supply nationwide, residents at the Masonic homes turned to their crafting hobbies to stitch together a reply to crisis. A group of a dozen residents took up the call for DIY masks, producing enough coverings for every staff member and resident of the homes. Number 12, schools out, but books remain. For kids trying to maintain grade-level literacy, the move to online learning represents a potentially enormous educational inflection point. Raising a Reader, the fraternity's childhood literacy partner, has helped bridge that gap through weekly webinars for schools and districts, video updates, reading tips, and strategies aimed at parents, plus a list of online resources and educational tools. Number 13. How Sweet the Sound Hal Wilkes climbed onto his roof to salute the sunset with a song. Now, 
Each evening, the professional bagpiper and Prometheus number 851 member serenades his neighborhood with a single tune. I'm careful about that, he says. Not everyone loves bagpipes. Quite the opposite, actually. Neighbors began looking forward to the performances, raising a toast to him from their balconies. The song ultimately gave way to neighborly chit-chat and a brief respite during the otherwise stressful time. It's all about staying positive, he says. Number 14, Switching Gears. We're in the people business, says Kimberly Rich, executive director of the Masonic Center for Youth and Families, and that business is booming. As MCYAF transitioned its adult and family counseling services online, it also expanded its offerings, launching a virtual visitor program to connect residents and staff at the Masonic Homes with licensed counselors and made its educational therapists available for schools, parents, and students. It's an unprecedented time, Rich says. It's critical for the health of our families to remain strong. Number 15. The kids are all right. It's no surprise that the Masonic Youth Orders have been quick to adapt to a world of Zoom, Netflix parties, and TikTok. Believe it or not, I think our girls are becoming more engaged in the ritual, says George Lang, the fraternal relations advisor for Job's daughters Bethel Number 230 in Salinas. DeMalay has seen virtual officer installations. The Burlesville chapter even live-streamed the installation on Facebook, drawing hundreds of viewers from around the world. 16. The Supply Chain For some members of Glendale Number 368, the sight of empty grocery store shelves brought back bad memories of Soviet area Armenia and Syria. We've seen how you have to prepare, says Lodge Master Vram Martiroisanin. So the Lodge jumped into action. Members made bulk purchases of essentials, which made it available to elderly neighbors and members. Nearby restaurant Pierre Garden, owned by senior warden Petros Gumrikyan, offered to prepare and donate hot meals for those in need. And volunteers from Glendale number 368 and Valide de France number 329 helped coordinate delivery. We know brothers who've been through disasters before, Marte Roycian says, and we don't want to see that here. Number 17, a much-needed laugh. Inspired as much by the need for levity as for sharing good hand hygiene tips, staff at the Masonic Homes adapted 90s hip-hop icon MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This for a thoroughly silly music video slash public service announcement on this virus safety. Look at up at masonichome.org slash can't touch this. Number 18, starting with a bang. Hermes Lodge under dispensation was forced to postpone its ceremony of institution this spring, but that didn't stop the new lodge from responding to the crisis like veterans. From calling committees to delivering supplies, the lodge has already gotten off to an inspiring start, says Master Joe Newman. This is our time, he says. We're just living by our obligation. And number 19, tools of the tradesmen. When the members of Turlock number 236 began calling around to check on one another, they found among their ranks an electrician, a plumber, and a landscaper. Before long, the lodge had practically an entire building and trades team at the ready. They want to do things we talk about in lodge, says Master John Matter. I'm amazed by how many people have said, hey, I'll do it. So with that, I'm going to call this episode complete. I try to keep them around the 20-minute time range. And just for those listening, and just to know how much stuff Masons do, that literally took me halfway through this issue. 
and this whole issue is dedicated to things that Masons do. So I hope you enjoyed it. Stick around. I'll be doing a few more, kind of going through some of these articles about things Masons do. Um, we're going to start kind of focusing locally in California because that's where we're based out of. And then we're going to branch into some of the other places uh, around the country and around the world as we pull out some of the other materials we have available to us. So with that, peace, thank you, be safe, and be kind to each other. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.